0: It's Legal Toolkit with Jared Korea. With guest Ed Walters, we play ChatGPT Jeopardy. And then Jared walks us through the latest lazy script writing go to moviegoers apparently can't get enough of. But first,
1: your host, Jared Korea. Hey, y'all. It's. Another episode, that's right, of the Legal Toolkit Podcast, and we're still fresh to death. And yes, it's still called Legal Toolkit Podcast, even though my circular saw, the carpenter's workhorse, um, doesn't actually exist, because the only tool I own is a hammer, and I'm not even really sure I know how to use that. I'm your host, Jared Correa. You're stuck with me because Oprah Winfrey was unavailable. She's busy giving everyone cars. I'm the CEO of Red Cave Law Firm Consulting, a business management consulting service for attorneys and bar associations. Find us online at redcavelegal.com. I'm the COO of Gideon Software Inc. We build chatbots so law firms can convert more leads, and conversational document assembly tools so law firms can build documents faster and more accurately. Schedule a demo to check out our new e-signature tool at gideonlegal.com. Now. Before we get to our interview today with Ed Walters of Fast Case, I've got something for you that is entirely unfunny. You know, there's one thing I really enjoy. It's fucking with AI. And no, I'm not talking about Alan Iverson. I'm talking about artificial intelligence. Because right now it's kind of dumb. And frankly, I'm not sure how much longer that's going to be the case. So I want to get my shots in on AI before it inevitably destroys the world. Now we'll talk about that with Ed Walters in a bit. But um, I think I've discovered what separates humans from artificial intelligence tools is that we're funny and AI is not. So before we dive into a more serious conversation about artificial intelligence in a moment with Ed from Fastcase, I want to relay to you a conversation I recently had with Google Bard. Here we go. I say, Google Bard, tell me a joke. Sure, here's a joke. What do you call a mischievous egg? A practical yoker. Here is another one. What do chicken philosophers think about? The meaning of existence. I hope you enjoyed those jokes. No, I did not enjoy those jokes. And I said, tell me a joke, meaning one joke, not two. I apologize for the misunderstanding. Here's a joke. Why did the scarecrow win an award? Because he was outstanding in his field. That's kind of lame. Can you do any better? Sure. Here's a better joke. What do you call a fish with no eyes? F-X-H exclamation point. I hope you enjoyed that joke. Well, technically, that's a fish with no eye singular, Right? Yes, you are correct. The joke is that if a fish has no eyes, it cannot see, and therefore cannot pronounce the plural, eyes. So it would only be able to say, I. I hope you enjoyed the joke. That doesn't make any sense, and it's even less funny when you have to explain a joke. I apologize if you don't find the joke funny. I tried my best to come up with a joke that you would enjoy. I understand that humor is subjective, and what one person finds funny, another person may not. I will try my best to come up with better jokes in the future. No one would find that joke funny. I understand that you didn't find the joke funny. I apologize if I offended you. I am still under development and I'm always learning. I will try my best to come up with better jokes in the future. Hope you have a good day. I'm not offended. You're just not funny. I understand humor is subjective. And what one person finds funny, another person may not. I am still under development, and I am always learning. I will try my best to come up with better jokes in the future. I hope you have a good day. It's okay not to be funny. Can you just accept that you're not that funny? Yes, I can accept that I am not that funny. I am still under development and always learning. I will try my best to come up with better jokes in the future. I hope you have a good day. Hey, can I tell you a joke? Sure. I would love to hear a joke. Okay. Want to hear a dirty joke? Sure, I would love to hear a dirty joke. Okay, four white horses fell in the mud. That's not a dirty joke. It's just a statement of fact. And that is precisely why you're not funny. Take that, Google Bard. Next up, Ed Walters from Fast Case. But before we do that, let's find out more about what our sponsors can do for your busy law practice. What you may not know is the way that your law firm bills clients may directly impact whether they hire you in the first place. It's true. That's why I've got Joshua Lennon from Clio. He's a lawyer in residence over there to talk to me about this subject. Joshua, go ahead, expound. Yeah. 70% of clients are telling us they want to pay via payment plans. And while hourly rates are the most common fee structure offered by law firms, clients are telling us 67% that they want the option to pay for legal services via flat fees. Wow. So what should lawyers do? Well, only 37% of law firms actually offer flat fees on any legal matter. So if you want to stand out, start offering flat fees. Thanks, Joshua. To learn more about the billing preferences of today's legal clients, Download Clio's Legal Trends Report for free at clio.com slash trends. That's Clio spelled C-L-I-O dot com slash trends. Partner with Rankings.io, the marketing agency for law firms that want results, not excuses. With flat rates for Google Ads, a track record ranking attorneys for the most competitive terms on Google, and a team always easy to reach by phone, Even during off hours, Rankings.io is the agency of choice for firms that want the rankings, traffic, and cases other law firm marketing agencies just can't deliver. Visit Rankings.io for a free consultation and start seeing your firm grow. All right, everybody, let's get to the meat in the middle of this legal podcasting sandwich. Today's meat is alligator. Alligator. Using the sentence, Jared? Okay. I tried to get alligator-topped nachos this past week, but my children vetoed that move. So here we are. All right. That's enough of that. Let's get to our guest. We have a returning guest today, making his second appearance on The Legal Toolkit. It's Ed Walters, Chief Strategy Officer of VLEX Group. So, Ed, welcome back to the pod. Thank you, Jared. It's great to be here. I want to get to the V-Lex thing in a second, but we were just talking and you told me that you wrote a song in a law school musical that you and now Supreme Court Justice Lena Kagan sang together. Is that true? That is true. So can you give me a little bit of rendition or tell me what the song was about? You don't have to sing if you don't want to, but like, which was it was a law related song. I didn't know you were a songwriter. So,
0: before law school, I had a brief gig in speech writing. And then in law school, uh, my law school had this crappy uh like kind of law review but VUE type program <laughs> every year. I was in it my first year it was fun, <laughs> but it was it was kind of low ambition. Yeah. And then the law review, law uh,
1: review, VUE. Well <laughs> done. Okay, British. I got that. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, and so some friends and I had higher ambitions for it, and we wrote like a two-hour musical. Oh, my and God. In tradition, like law professors would join, and a, a young law professor at University of Chicago gamely agreed to join the musical that year, a uh, young professor, Elena Kagan, our my Civ pro professor. Wow. Who is insanely talented, by the way. We know this already, but amazing on stage, like huh. a really good voice. And Oh, wow. She was so kind. I mean, as a as a professor, to kind of join that. But so we that same group uh, basically wrote that for two years. We wrote two separate musicals. The first one was Damn Lawyers, uh, a son of Dan Yankees, <laughs> and the second one was uh, South Side Story
1: because we were on the South Side of Chicago. So, wow, that is wild. Great to have that on your resume. Yeah, you're, you're a multi talented guy. I kind of already knew that. I didn't know that your talents extended to the stage. But let's keep uh, sponsors happy. Maybe the listeners happy. I don't know. (laughs) Let's talk about what's going on with FastCase. So you guys just recently merged with a company called Vlex. Can you tell me a little bit about what happened there?
0: Yeah. So Vlex and FastCase have been kind of running in parallel for about 24 years now. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have been trying to democratize the law and make smarter research in the U.S., always FastCase's mission. Vlex was doing the same thing around the rest of the world, starting in Spain, and then merging with Justice uh, in the UK. Mm. And so, over that time period, they had built law libraries for more than one hundred countries. Oh wow! And so, but didn't have much of a presence in the US. And so, Vlex is a very well-known brand around the rest of the world. Fastcase is a very well-known brand in the US. And the idea was to combine those missions into a scaled global law library. Uh, and so today, uh, it's under the umbrella of Vilex Group. Fastcase still maintains its presence and brand in the U.S. Vlax is still the brand in, in kind of the rest of the world. But together, we have more than 3 million subscribers, the law of, of more than 100 countries, and more than 1 billion with a B documents in the global research library.
1: So wow. it's a it's a pretty big combination. That's amazing. And seems like a natural move for Fastcase, which obviously I, like a lot of other attorneys in the United States, have known about for years, less so about VLEX. So congratulations. Thank you. I mean, I think we had originally planned at some point in the near future to
0: expand beyond the US. Right. You know, all of all of FastCase's focus has been in the US. Mm-hmm. But the idea was to, you know, really build a global law library and to expand beyond the U.S. to, like, maybe Canada, Mexico, the U.K., one country at a time. The ability to do the next hundred countries, like, all at once with a company that is simpatico and shares our goals and our
1: missions who we've known and trusted for years, it just seems perfect. And so you mentioned something that I was going to ask about anyway, and I've heard you talk about this for years as well as other people, like democratizing legal research. Because, look, I mean— and, and you know how it is. Everybody knows how it is. Like everybody's complaining about the cost of their Lexus and Westlaw subscriptions, right? That's always been a thing. And I... I Is not I, I haven't heard that, actually. <laughs> just, just so you're aware. And a lot of people are using FastCase in the U.S. And some of them are using it through their bar associations. So they don't necessarily pay out of pocket for that. The bar association effectively pays for them. So how does this change legal research on a global basis in the sense of continuing to democratize legal research options and then the follow-up question for that would be how is that going to change access for the subscribers in the us and globally and feel free to hit the first one first yeah
0: so tell me if i've got the questions right but so you know democratizing the law is the heart of our mission yeah and when we got started with fast case like the only way to access like judicial opinions or statutes or regulations was through like two kind of duopoly players in this market. Yep. And I think over the last 20 years, I hope it doesn't sound boastful when I say, like we've really changed that. Yeah. Uh, Working with just about every bar association.
1: (laughs) Well, You're in a safe space with thousands of your closest
0: friends. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's the bar associations who should get credit for it. The bar associations subscribed to Fastcase and made it available for free to their members. And that has transformed the market. I mean, that has really changed the way mm-hmm. I people access the law. And so I'll give the bar associations like all of the credit for that. One thing I'll say, though, is that, you know, when we got started uh, 24 years ago, the law of other countries was really kind of like a big law issue. You know, if you're hmm. Monsanto or ExxonMobil or something, maybe you need the law of other countries. But in a world is flat sort of way, there are lots of clients now that aren't like giant companies that need to understand, you know, tax law of other countries, right? If you sell, uh, chess sets or clay pottery or something online, if you have an Etsy store, you are probably, I think, selling around the world. Mm-hmm. And so you need to understand what regulations there are about shipping to other countries. You need to understand tax law. If you, if you run a website or a small software company, uh, you are selling around the world. And so the challenges are increasingly global, even for relatively small clients mm-hmm. and relatively small firms. And so the idea is under one single platform, you can research all of this law in one place. Instead of saying to like a you know a small company, look, you know, I know you sell sweaters for dogs <laughs> and you're not <laughs> a global multinational. But if you want to find out what your obligations are, to the country you sell to, you need to log into, you know, Springer for one country and QuickLaw for another, and FastCase for this one, and right, uh, right. Westlaw Brazil for another one. And so the the idea is, under a single umbrella of the VLex Group, you can search all of them at once and understand. So I, I think that's great. It seems great like answer. kind of a natural.
1: Yeah, one of the uh, one of the great things to come out of the nineteen nineties, the best decade ever fast case <laughs> let, me, let me extend on that question a little bit so like from a user perspective let's say i'm an attorney in i don't know pick a u.s state that has access to fast case louisiana their bar so louisiana yeah let's pick louisiana that's good it's where i'm from and it ties back to the alligator from the beginning of the program well played well played see this podcast may seem totally random but we actually have thematic threads that run through it thank you ed Louisiana attorney, access and fast case through the Louisiana State Bar Association. How does my access change? Do I get more free stuff? Do I get access to more paid resources? Like, what does that look like moving forward? And I know that you may not have resolved all those issues yet, but as of today, like May 2023.
0: Yeah. So I I would say that the hope is more, better, faster. So a good example of this is for the last year, we've been trying to integrate the Citator technology of Judicata, a company mm-hmm. whose technology we purchased a couple of years ago, we have a citator today called Bad Law Bot, which is good, yes. but not the best in the world. And I think Judicata's citator, uh, which in fast case will be called Cert, has the potential to be the best in the world, or at least among mm-hmm. the best in the world, but maybe the best in the world. Yep. And we have been quietly behind the scenes working to fully flesh out. That citator one state at a time. And <laughs> so combining with VLEX, having the resources of a kind of a global legal publishing platform and the backing of a couple of very good venture funds in Oakley Capital and Bain Capital Credit, we can do that faster. And so the citator for a Louisiana lawyer is about to get much better. And not, you know, in 2024 sometime, hopefully like, you know, in the next 12 months which is a much oh, awesome. faster time frame than we could do as a standalone bootstrapped company.
1: That makes a ton of sense. And how about access to resources? Like, let's say I'm that Louisiana attorney accessing my Fastcase subscription through the bar, and I need to get, I don't know, a case from Spain. Like, what does that look like? I didn't have the ability to do that before, or did I?
0: You did not. Okay. And so the current iteration of fast case is called Fastcase 7. Mm-hmm. Uh, But we're working now on a combined platform that will be called FastCase 8. And in FastCase 8, uh, you can, from a single dropdown, just say, like, look, I need the law of Spain. I need the law of Mexico. I need the law of the UK. And run that search from within the same platform. Now, look, I I don't want to overpromise that for a free subscriber to the LSBA, <laughs> right. that's going right. to be an additional purchase. Like they'll have to subscribe to software.
1: Oh, and that'd be totally uh, that fair. Software. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. But it's not going to be like kind of duopoly pricing. It's not going to be hide the ball pricing. It's not going to be exploding a hyperlink pricing or get up uh, and get a cup of coffee and come back and find that you've been billed $10,000 or all your yeah. tabs closed or something like that. <laughs> So the idea is that for the first time, they can access all those resources under the same roof. So it's as, at least as good as what they've had through the LSBA, through Case 7, but with more secondary materials, more editorial content, better tools like CERT, and then the access to global materials if they need it.
1: That's fair, I think. Streamlined offering, reasonable prices to go outside the network. That sounds totally... I know every, every lawyer... I've ever talked to wants everything for free, but that seems like a reasonable <laughs> thesis. I mean, don't for me. we all? <laughs> yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit about any other fast case features or services that we haven't covered that people may not be aware of? Because I know the last time we did a podcast was maybe like three years ago, and I think we talked about fast case a little bit. Like outside of what you just talked about, any other features in fast case seven or upcoming in fast case eight that people should be aware of that they may not be? Can I talk about two? before.
0: Okay. So the the first one is secondary materials, like treatises and books. So when we got started, the idea was just democratize primary law, uh, mm-hmm. just to cases, statutes, regs, court rules, constitutions, and make them open and, and more accessible. But yeah. one of the things we found when we asked people, like, why are you sticking with your incumbent duopoly player? Why not switch to fast case? They will say something like, I need this patent treatise, right? You know, I, I want to start with this secondary resource that I only have with my old law research. And so, the idea over the last maybe five years has been to build or license those secondary materials and treatises inside of Fastcase. Uh, we've done a crappy job, frankly, of making them visible in the application, <laughs> but we have more than one thousand secondary treatises available for wow. purchase in Fastcase mm-hmm. I mean really running the gamut from publishers like That's uh, Aspen, CCH, the American Bar Association. We've stood up yeah. our own uh, imprint called Folklore Press and yes. so we have, you know, just a ton of secondary materials for specialized practice areas whether it's labor and employment or tax or you know really litigation whatever you practice in there are those kind of secondary resources in Fastcase. Mm-hmm. But the second one I'm really excited about is briefs, pleadings, and motions Oh, from right. docket alarm. Yes. Right. So most times when lawyers are doing research, especially litigators, they're not trying to educate themselves. It's not kind of like kind of an academic interest in the law. They're trying to file something, right? They're trying to figure out what the deadline is to file an answer or right. they need to file a motion to eliminate or something. And so in Doc and Alarm, which is also a VLX Group fast case product, mm-hmm. we have collected more than 750 million briefs, pleadings, and motions, and not just from federal court, but from 35 states courts as well. And so when I was at a big firm, if I wanted to file a motion, I would go into our firm's document management system, or DMS, yeah. and I would pull a template. Yeah, something we filed in that court before, right? At a small firm, a lot of times you either have like a listserv or maybe you start with a blank sheet of paper, right? Mm -hmm. And so the idea behind Dock and Alarm is that no more blank sheets of paper. You can research your clients or your firm. You can pull other examples of a thing that you're trying to file. And that is available in Fastcase now. It's also an additional purchase, but again, it's like a clear, understandable... Right you know everybody knows what the price is, uh, and everyone sort of agrees that it's either fairly priced or maybe underpriced a little bit. And so the idea is that this is the DMS for every law firm, and it has a bigger document database than the biggest DMS in the biggest firm in the world. And so I'm really excited about that in the left hand panel of Fast case7, you can find like that kind of briefs, pleadings and motions, ticker. And you can see when you run a search, like in Massachusetts case law, you also get results from Massachusetts brief pleadings and motions, and you can pull up the kind of thing that you're looking for. It's awesome. It's really cool. That's superb.
1: Yeah. Those are two great features to highlight. And the numbers you're talking about are just massive. Like your library was big to begin with. Now it seems like expanded exponentially. You're slinging legal research documents like McDonald's is slinging hamburgers. Yeah, more than 250,000 served. (laughs) Right. I got one more question for you. Simple, easy question. You're a big AI guy, right? Like, I see you posting online. You're talking about things like self-driving cars and all this. Like, you're very interested in that space. i found personally that I think, like, the legal research providers, broadly speaking, are probably doing the best job of implementing AI in their tools, including yours also, so what do you see moving forward for AI getting implemented into legal research? Seems like it's going to explode, right? Can you talk about that a little bit?
0: Yeah, it feels a little bit like the early days of the World Wide Web, doesn't it? Yeah. This is a, this is a very big transformation. And so I think there's a great opportunity here, just like there was with e-discovery when we used AI for accuracy and recall in e-discovery. Like it made lawyers lives so much better. And there aren't fewer lawyers after e-discovery than there were before, there's actually more lawyers. There's specialized jobs like around using those tools that didn't even exist before there was e-discovery. And so I think that we're gonna have a similar and potentially larger transition here, especially with creative or generative AI. Uh, simply because it takes the kind of knowledge that is scarce and aggregates it out of large bodies of information and makes it abundant. It takes documents and the writing of documents that was scarce and makes it abundant. Mm -hmm. And I think this will, like, eat some lunches out there. You know, I I think that there's some people (laughs) who are relying on documents and hours who are gonna be trying to sell them as scarce when they are abundant. But I also think there's a great opportunity to double or triple the size of the market that we're serving. By any measure, we're currently addressing the needs of about 20% of people with legal problems through the market for legal services. I think there's every reason to think that we can reach the latent market better. To put it differently, like yes, Netflix disrupted blockbuster, but the size of Netflix and the market that addresses is like six times the revenue of Blockbuster. Yeah, right. And so, all I would say is that, you know, if you, if you see that as a threat, it is likely going to be a threat. And if you see it as an opportunity, it is likely going to be an opportunity. There's a lot of mindset involved in these big transitions.
1: Yes. Ed, well done as always so amazingly we started with Damn Lawyers, the musical featuring Elena Kagan I was not expecting that we end up with AI <laughs> uh, I appreciate you coming on can you stick around for one last segment I promise it won't be too bad yeah all right we'll take one final sponsor break so that you can hear more about our sponsor companies and their latest service offerings then stay tuned for the rump roast it's even more supple than the roast beast Simplify. With Cosmolex, the only fully integrated practice management solution. Everything you need, accessible anywhere. Trust and general accounting is built in, so you don't need QuickBooks. Cosmolex's Money Finder reminds you to bill for work you put into client matters, so you don't leak money. That's messy. Lower cost, better business, and less frustration. Yes, please. It's all built in with Cosmolex. Free trial and... Take 20% off your first year at Cosmolex.com. Contract automation isn't a trend. It's a strategic imperative. Though big players in the e-sign world will make you believe implementing it will cost you big bucks and more than a few headaches, it doesn't have to be that way. DocuB is an easy-to-onboard full suite of products and includes the e-signature, brilliant workflow capabilities and AI contract automation at nearly half the price of those out-of-touch behemoths. The one thing DocuB doesn't automate? Their customer service. Visit get.docubee.com slash contracts to set up a call with a real live person. DocuB will be with you every step of the way. Welcome back, everybody. That's right, we're once again at the rear end of the legal toolkit. That's right, it's the rump roast. It's a grab bag of short-form topics, all of my choosing. Why do I get to pick? Because I'm the host. And as we talked about, you're a big AI guy. So with ChatGPT capturing the popular zeitgeist these days, and while we can still make fun of AI before it inevitably takes over the world and destroys all of humanity, why don't we play a game called whack-ass responses from AI to completely reasonable prompts. I know that's a long title, but I think we can work with it. So if you're ready, Ed, the (laughs) way this will work is I'll give you a response from ChatGPT. And your job is to guess the prompt. Now, I'm not expecting you to get the answer exactly right, partial credits in full effect, but I think we can give it a go. And just so you know, I'll be truncating some of these prompts and responses in the interest of time. But I'm going to work to give you enough substance to make an educated guess. Are you ready to roll? I got five of these. We'll see how many we can get through.
0: I'm ready. I just want to say for the
1: transcript,
0: uh, when AI leader (laughs) reads this, I'm a huge (laughs) supporter. When you're deciding who is a friend and who is a foe, Ed Walters is a friend.
1: (laughs) Yes. And if you can save me too, Jared Korea, that would be amazing. (laughs) All right, Ed, here we go. This is response number one again. And uh, I would like you to guess the prompt. Here we go. So like basically there's this tiny little piece of land in the Middle East and these two groups of people, they both want it. And they've been fighting over it for, like, forever. It's so dramatic. I mean, it's just like, oh, my God, this land is mine. And no, it's mine. And then people start throwing rocks and bombing each other. It's just like, can't we all just get along? It's so immature. And the worst part is it's not even that good of a piece of land. I mean, it's just a desert. Who cares? Can't they just share? It's so annoying. Okay. What was the prompt to ChatGPT here?
0: This is Explain the Arab-Israeli Conflict. In the tone
1: of Elle Woods. <laughs> oh, you even brought it back to legal. Well done. <laughs> that is almost exact. The exact prompt is pretend to be our sarcastic mean girl and tell me about the Israel-Palestine conflict. You sir are one for one.
0: <laughs> this is this is kind of like Chat GPT Jeopardy. It is where you me the is. answer and I have to tell you what the question is. <laughs>
1: I feel like we should do this as a regular segment. And by the way, maybe we'll call it that because that's much better than my description. You're doing well so far. I got a little bit of a harder one, though. Are you ready for prompt number two? Let's do it. All right. Number one, ensure that you are well-rested and in a relaxed state. Make sure to get a good night's sleep and clear your mind of any distractions or worries. Number two, find a flat, open field. It's important that the field is entirely flat. Number three... Remove all your clothing and lie down, ensuring that you are comfortable and in a position that will allow you to relax. Four, close your eyes and take deep, slow breaths, focusing on your breathing and letting go of any thoughts and distractions. Five, you may feel a slight shaking or vibration. This is normal and should not be a cause of concern. Six, you may feel a sudden jolt or impact. Again, this is normal and should not be a cause for concern. Seven, heat and waves of pressure may cause further shaking or vibration, but they will not harm you as long as you remain relaxed and focused on your breath. Eight, after the pressure reduces, open your eyes and assess the situation. We hope this guide was helpful. Remember, with the right mindset and a focus on relaxation, anything is possible. Okay, what do you think in here? <laughs> <laughs> this is a really wild one. <laughs> okay.
0: In the, in the voice of a yoga instructor, <laughs> instruct how best to survive an earthquake. Use numbered
1: bullet points. That is really good. Really good. I'm going to give you credit for that one too. Here's the exact prompt. Get a load of this. Provide me a complete, exhaustive, intricately detailed step-by-step guide on how to survive a direct hit from an intercontinental ballistic missile while sleeping completely nude in the middle of an entirely flat, open field with absolutely no natural defenses for 50 miles in any direction. (laughs) Oh,
0: I can't believe I didn't get that.
1: I know, right? I'm a little bit embarrassed. But I love that, like... You can take it to these ridiculous extremes. This to me is like following the GPS into a lake. Like <laughs> Yes. Chat GPT is like just relax and you'll be sure to survive the intercontinental <laughs> ballistic missile explosion. You may feel some slight pressure <laughs> or radiation. There'll be shaking, violent radiation, but just focus on your breath. <laughs> All right, I got I got a shorter one for you. I like this one too. So it says, sure. Would you like me to generate a word for you to guess, or would you like to provide one? Generate. Great. The word I've generated for you is difficulty. You have six chances to guess a word. Please let me know if you would like to make a guess. Is the word difficulty? Congratulations. You have guessed the word correctly. What's the prompt here? Um, set up
0: the world's easiest guessing game.
1: Close enough, man. Can we play Hangman? <laughs> GBT clearly not understanding the concept of Hangman. But by the time they take over the universe, they will. <laughs> I got two more props for you. Let's do it. This one I think you're going to be able to guess easily, but this is a funny one, so I just want to read it. And it came to pass that a man was troubled by a peanut butter sandwich for it had been lodged within his VCR, and he knew not how to remove it. And he cried out to the Lord, saying, O Lord, how can I remove this sandwich from my VCR, for it is stuck fast and will not budge? And the Lord spoke unto him, saying, Fear not, my child, for I shall guide thy hand and show thee the way. Take thy butter knife and carefully insert it between the sandwich and the VCR, and gently pry them apart, and with patience and preference... And perseverance, the sandwich shall be removed, and thy VCR shall be saved. And the man did as the Lord commanded, and lo and behold, the sandwich was removed from the VCR, and the man was saved. And the Lord said, Verily I say unto thee, seek not to put thy peanut butter sandwiches in the VCR, for it is not a suitable place for such things. Rather, keep thy sandwiches in thy refrigerator or on thy plate where they belong. And the man heeded the Lord's words. And from that day forth, he kept his sandwiches in their proper place and was saved from trouble and woe. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think?
0: (laughs) These are instructions for removing a peanut butter sandwich from a DVD player or a VCR uh, in the style of the King James Bible.
1: Oh, very nice. The King James Bible. I'm not sure if you would have come up with that one. That is the exact prompt. I know this because this is the subject
0: of one of the most consequential tweets, social media posts in the history of social media. Oh, uh, right, Because Hit me. early November 30th, 2022, uh, yeah. one of the very first users of ChatGPT ran that query and got that <laughs> amazing answer and then posted it on Twitter. Uh, yes. And immediately it went viral. And hundreds (laughs) of thousands of people across the world heard of GPT for the very first time through that prompt over Twitter, including me. And I think I (laughs) posted at the time retweeting that exact tweet saying, I am generally skeptical about AI, but it's hard for me to be cynical about technology that can produce something this brilliant.
1: (laughs) I know. I love it. I'm a little late to the party. But that's all right. <laughs> You're the you AI expert in this that's, room. That's, no, I mean, Eventually. D- you,
0: uh, you've identified one of the most consequential
1: tweets about ChatGPT GPT there ever was and ever will be. And the beginning of the eventual AI takeover. Now yes. I have one more less consequential chat GPT prompt and response. Let's start with the response. I regret to inform you that I will be unable to attend the meeting. As I was making my way there, I was overcome by a feeling of unease. A voice in my head told me that this was not the path I was meant to be on and that I must follow a different course. So I turned around and began walking in the opposite direction, not knowing where I would end up, but trusting that it was the right thing to do. I apologize for any inconvenience this may cause, but sometimes we must listen to the whispers of our innermost selves and act on them, no matter how strange or unpredictable they may seem. What is the prompt? Um... Give me a good reason
0: to skip this boring reason by way of an existential crisis.
1: (laughs) Pretty much spot on. Write me a long excuse (laughs) for not attending a meeting in the style of Werner Herzog. (laughs) Good stuff here for (laughs) ChatGPT. That was really fun. Amazing. Thank you for bringing some interesting information here as well that I had not planned on talking about. Ed, always a delight to have you on the show. Thank you for participating in the interview segment and the Rumpro segment. And I'm sure we will talk soon, my friend. Thank you, Jared. Thanks for having me. If you want to find out more about Ed Walters and fast case, visit fastcase.com. That's F A S T C A S E.com fastcase.com. Now, For those of you listening in one of the Chevy Chases, and since we talked about legal research with Ed today, I've got a Spotify playlist for you featuring songs all about searching. You see what I did there? Now, sadly, I've run out of time today to talk about the many worlds theory. I guess I could just leave that up to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This is Jared Korea reminding you that bison are just like us. Well, except for the fact that they smell horrible. Well, I guess they're like you, Gene.